Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Job, chapter 38, verse 1 through 11, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 1 through 13, the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 4, verse 35 through 41, and Psalm 107, verse 1 through 3, and 23 through 32. Open our minds, warm our hearts, but also bend our wills, for we seek to hear your word. Amen. So from time to time, as I prepare a sermon, I give a brief synopsis of the gospel lesson to my children, and I see if they have any wisdom to share on the matter. In story form, I tell it to them, and then I ask some inquisitive questions. What happened in the story? Where was Jesus? What was he doing? Who was he friends with? And honestly, some deep wisdom occasionally comes through them. So this week, I retold our gospel lesson to Aristotle, our youngest. The story of Jesus on the sea with his friends. One minute, everything is fine. And the next, a storm is raging. Wind takes control of the boat, water sloshing up on the deck, Panic ensues among the men, and there at the front of the boat, Jesus is sleeping. His disciples cry out to him, we're dying! (sighs) Okay, it's a little bit dramatic, but kids can relate to that because often a scraped knee or a dropped cupcake can elicit the same response from a four-year-old. Jesus, though, in the story, calms the still sea with one word, peace. Be still, he says to the waters. And suddenly, all that chaos becomes calm. The peaceful, easy feeling You get when your dad wraps you up in a swaddle and whispers hush into your ear. They understood that. So I asked Aristotle, what would you do if there was a great storm on the sea and you were in a boat and about to go under? He answered, and honestly, I'm a little bit embarrassed to share his response. Because he answered, quite frankly, I would punch that storm in the face. (laughs) I laughed a little, too. And then I thought about the gospel and replied, well, my son, that sounds like a good way to sink. Sometimes my son's wisdom's Wisdom falls short of his ancient namesake, who reminded us that humility is a flower which does not grow in everyone's garden. 
And what I realized in my son Aristotle's response was a real life example of society and scripture in conflict. The world says to us, punch that storm in the face. But the gospel says to us, ask for help. The world says, be afraid. And the gospel says, keep the faith. The world says, take control. And the gospel says, some things are beyond you. This week's lessons are about nature and nurture and the recognition of our place in the cosmic order of all things. This week, we are reminded that we are not the sea or the one who made it or the one who gave it bounds or made the clouds its garment or thick darkness its swaddling band. We are the ones on the boat crying out to our Lord, save us, we're dying. This week is about being human. And what a wonderful, difficult, confusing, amazing, distressing, beautiful thing it is. Humanity, humus, literally, of the earth, dirt, dust, transformed into something marvelous, capable of great love and sacrifice, strong and resilient, able to weather a storm, and saved by our recognition that we are beloved, blessed, and becoming. I so deeply love Paul's letter to the Corinthians today. And thank you, Andrea, for reading it to us. This letter reminds the people of Corinth and indeed us who we really are as humans, who we truly are in the midst of turbulent times, treated as imposters and yet true as unknown and yet well-known, as dying, and see, we are alive. I think that what Paul is trying to do here is encourage a people that find themselves at times sorrowful and asking them to rejoice, to find themselves poor and knowing that possession is not what makes you rich. As having nothing and yet having everything. Even Paul, a man who was not always known for his great humility, understands that God's ways are not our ways, nor God's thoughts our thoughts. 
Even Paul found out in his human life that you can kill a man and his message still live on. That you could travel the world and not know all of creation. That you could have great faith and still at times feel afraid. Being human is very complicated. And today's readings ask us to accept that maybe we have enough on our plates without also trying to be God. Humility, therefore, is the recognition of the reality of who we are, that we are human and that God is God. One of the most humbling experiences of my life was serving as a missionary in the Philippines after college. I was young and I thought I knew a lot more than I really did. But by the grace of God, some wisdom came and I delayed my attending a seminary, even though I was allowed to go. I heard that still small voice saying, just wait. You have a lot to learn still. I needed to get outside of my comfort zone, having lived in Missouri for most of my life. And if I was ever going to stand up and try to teach people somewhere, somehow, about finding closeness with God, that I too had to find a greater closeness with God. Getting out of my comfort zone gave me a life that was filled with adventure, but also heartache, confusion and beauty and laughter, and tears of loneliness, and also great joy. And at the end of it all, I felt more human than I have ever felt in my life. It made me feel alive. Getting out of my comfort zone made me feel alive. We now have a saying in my family because of my experience there. It goes like this. Nothing will make you feel more human than pooping in a hole for a year. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. Now, I hear that they frown upon things like that around here, so I'm going to offer a few other suggestions for how to find humility in everyday life. First, stop trying to punch life in the face. Most of the storms of life will knock you on your butt so fast you don't even know what hit you. You don't have to battle cancer or win every argument. You may find that listening and observing and finding healing and wholeness often reveal new ways of being that replace violence with peace and chaos 
with calm. You may find that togetherness is better than always being right. And that constantly fighting is an exhausting endeavor that leaves little room for the enjoyment of life. Number two, let go of fear. It will not serve you. Its opposites, though, will empower you to serve others. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the sick and those in prison, listen to the oppressed, be courageous in speech and bold in action, celebrate freedom, trust in God. And finally, admit that you are not in control. This is a really tough one for me, and maybe for you too. But I know it to be true. I surely was not there, like Job, when God laid the foundation of the earth. And even when I plant a garden upon it, sometimes things do not grow that I think should. And weeds spring up even right after I spent hours tending to it. Control is a farce. And if you've ever doubted it, try sailing on the sea. Today we stand in the beauty of our humanity, asking for humility, asking to be still and know that you are God. The gospel reminds us that even in the most treacherous storms, God is there. God might seemingly be sleeping, but God is there. And God will hear us when we cry out, save us, we're dying. And God will act with compassion out of God's great love for us. And God will bring us safely to shore where we can stand in awe of the sea and know that we didn't create it and we didn't give it its bounds, but that that is a beautiful thing. Being human is a beautiful thing. We give thanks to God in this prayer by Henry Nowen. Dear God, I so much want to be in control. I want to be the master of my own destiny. Still, I know that you are saying, let me take you by the hand and lead you. Accept my love and trust that where I will bring you, the deepest desires of your heart 
will be fulfilled. Amen.